0: Welcome to We Hear Her. I am Erin Trenbeth-Murray. And I am Jennifer Bean. We're here today with another amazing woman who's sharing her story and insights to lessons learned. Hi there, I'm Erin Trenbeth-Murray, and I'm so happy to have you here for the We Hear Her podcast for women who succeed. I am absolutely thrilled today with our guest. As we're going to get a new perspective from one of our leaders in the community and who is a male ally of all women and women in leadership. We have Scott Anderson, who is the president and CEO for Zions Bank and his trusted uh, colleague, um, Sui Lang Panoke, who is a senior vice president of diversity, equity and inclusion. So between these two powerhouses, this is not intimidating at all, but they are so down to earth and so wonderful to give of their time that I'm really looking forward to this. So with that, welcome.
1: Thank you. It's nice to be here.
0: Well, I'm so so glad you're here. And Sui Lang, before you came in, I was just talking a little bit with Scott about how much I have admired him for so many years from afar as many members of the community My background is all nonprofit work, so I saw the boards, the community work, him rolling up his sleeves at, you know, um, refugee centers or, you know, helping United Way or doing something at that level with teams. And then um, the leadership from the business community, there's just, there's just no one like him. What is it, what is it like to be on, on Scott's team? Just setting Mm, you up a little bit there. No pressure. No pressure.
2: In short, I've been describing it as dream job dream boss um, doing amazing amazing work in the community and I absolutely endorse everything you just shared Uh, Scott Anderson is an icon in our community it's truly an honor to work alongside with him Um, and when it comes to defining what male allyship is Mm -hmm. two words Scott Anderson Mm -hmm. And it's not just because he's sitting right beside me (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure many people would agree with me
0: on that one well and I think that that can be legitimate truth because even when Scott Anderson was not sitting by you when you first joined Women Who Succeed last spring when we were just getting started it was like our first very first meeting and you Mm -hmm. said Erin tell me about what your plan is for engaging men who are leaders and advocate Mm -hmm. for women in the community. So she's been singing your praises (laughs) and that role way before today in, Mm -hmm. in this meeting but Scott, I'd love to know from your perspective, I mean, obviously you have such a connection to human beings in, I'm sure across the world, but I see it in Utah. Male, female, all ages, all genders, all ethnicities, races. You just are such a very connected individual to people. But why specifically do you think it's important to be a champion for women and women in leadership?
1: Well, I've been lucky in that growing up, I've had very strong and remarkable women in my life who have helped shape my life, who, has, who have coached me, who have mentored me, and who have pushed me forward. And that starts with my grandmother, you know, and she was a, a, a power force. She loved the community. She thought that people should do all they can to make the community a better place to live and that we had an obligation to do it. And she wanted to make sure that all of her children and her grandchildren felt the same way. And and so it started back with, with my grandmother and we would spend summers together at her cabin on Hebgen Lake and she would just mentor us and drill that into us. And it became clear in her uh, comments that, that um, that women were a a force to be reckoned with and that as a community we needed to look at that and uh, champion that and uh, embrace that and uh, as i've looked at the history of zions bank you know i i think that we've gone through an interesting period of change when the bank first opened up almost 150 years ago the first five uh, uh, depositors, five of the first fifteen were women, mm. and that was remarkable back in those yeah. days because mm. usually you couldn't—a woman couldn't have a, um, their own account at a bank. Um, but then uh, over the years, uh, some of that was lost, and we did an interesting survey with Pat Jones back mm. in the mid '80s, and we asked her to find out what people thought of the bank. And, and uh, one of the questions she asked was, if you were to uh, describe Zion's Bank as a person, how would you describe them? Mm. And, and the response came back, a middle-aged, balding, overweight, white male who drives a Cadillac and lives in a gated community. Wow. And I thought, that is not the bank that I work for or that I, I, that I want to work for. And, and so we made a concerted effort to, to change the opinion and uh, make sure that people understood that we were a bank that were championing all of our customers, including uh, all of our women customers and potential women customers and potentially women-owned business customers. And, and, um, and I think that has uh, paid off and and uh we did it because it was the right thing to do but we did it because it was economically the right thing to do as well Mm -hmm. so um i i i I have great admiration for the uh contribution that women make and when you look at the women in in this state you included and sue lang and a host of others we are really lucky and, and our economy is where it is. Our community is where it is because of their contribution and their leadership.
0: Well, I find that, I, wow, there's so much to unpack there. I, one thing that I'm really interested or curious about as you were describing that, and you think about, um, I think about women and the purchasing power and the expenditures that are spent out of the home primarily through the decisions made by yeah. women, as research shows. And I'm thinking about the young mentees and the young women in the high schools that are going to see this podcast yeah. What advice or guidance could you give young women that are say in high school or college? That would help them to be a little more economically Stable as a young woman moving into adulthood yeah. Is there a, a piece of advice that you could
1: give well, them? I, I would just say to them, you know, uh recognize your potential and recognize your potential as someone who can make uh, significant things happen in the community. And to do that, you have to have a high opinion of yourself and you have to have uh, a a vision of what you can accomplish. They should not let people put them down. They should not uh, follow stereotypes that they can't be um, in engineers or they can't be attorneys or doctors or whatever Mm -hmm. it be and and they just have to uh, gird up and say you know we are valuable people in the community it's interesting we support uh, Gina Davis the actress and her nonprofit organization where she studies um, the image of women in the media and, and uh, she has made remarkable progress. And, and what she found is that the image that especially young girls have about themselves come from what they see on the screen. Mm-hmm. And she actually did fascinating research that would you'd have whether it be a Disney cartoon or whether it be a Western or, or uh, a, a mystery movie, when there is a mob scene, she would count and there were always 10 women and 90 men, you know. And, wow. and even if you looked at Disney, the cartoons, the, the, the champions, the heroes, were always male. Mm-hmm. And the females were always beautiful, mm-hmm. uh, but, but not leading out. Mm-hmm. And, and she brought this to the attention of Disney. And um, they were thinking of doing a movie called Frozen. And in that movie, you know, the, the hero was the sheep herder, and she, or the, the deer herder, and she said, it, it can't be, it has to be the sisters. And so they changed it, and obviously it was a huge success, but it, it had an impact, at, as they later did surveys, that, that, that young girls who saw the movie realized that they, they were powerful because they were women and um, and then she did a survey on um, on, on, on other movies and, and where women were shown as you know shooting a, a bow and arrow mm-hmm. uh, uh, or being an attorney or being a doctor that all of a sudden in the communities in high school students women young girls started to take archery or they decided they wanted to be a doctor and wow. they changed the courses that they were taking. So the impact of the media can be powerful, and we have to make sure that we are there supporting those young girls from the very beginning and ensuring that what they receive from us as feedback, from the media as impressions, that it, it supports them on what they can accomplish and what they should accomplish.
0: I just recently saw something on the Sunday morning uh, show with uh, about Gina Davis and her work with that. So I'm yeah. gonna have to do a little more digging. I appreciate you bringing that out. I think that that leads me also to ask you, Sui Lang, when we're looking, you have a broader vision for diversity, equity, and inclusion at Zions Bank. How does what Scott was just describing about women's identity and um, that, that element of self-esteem and confidence that you can do whatever you want to do, and how does that boldness also fold into your work with DEI?
2: Critical, critical role. Uh, wholeheartedly with, with everything that Scott outlined. Um, in terms of perception, right? It starts with perception, how we perceive ourselves, and oftentimes that is influenced by the models around us, the images mm-hmm. in the media. Um, community leaders who is serving in public office at the time um, and that contributes to our level of confidence or lack thereof so these you know diversifying um, amplifying the voices of women increasing the the number of images that we're seeing um, in the media and in the community is critical to building that self-confidence in young women Mm -hmm. and even women our age as well Exactly. Right. Uh, yes. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> it's a never ending kind of evolution yeah. of uh, process, right? Of yeah. our pathway to leadership. It plays a critical, critical role. And you can make that same argument uh, as it pertains to race right. or ethnicity, people with disabilities uh, who are differently abled than mm-hmm. the majority of our colleagues uh, inside and outside of the workplace. And so, But the women's piece plays a critical and central role to our diversity, equity, inclusion efforts uh, because women make up overwhelming majority of our nation's population. Um, Women are are everywhere. (laughs) We are everywhere. You can't hide from us. Right, we're doing amazing, amazing things. Uh, I also see young women in the state of Utah, Utah women and girls, as the most valuable untapped resource Mm -hmm. in our country. And Erin, you and I have been doing this women's leadership development work for many, many years now. And I see the next stage of this bigger picture is building equitable partnerships with men, right? Which is why relationships like a me and a Scott Anderson are so important. Uh, Nubia Pena and Governor Cox Mm -hmm. are so important, right? When women and men can build those relationships and view each other as equitable partners, Inside and outside of the workplace, that's how we'll begin to socialize uh, that women can lead too, mm-hmm. um, and just as competently uh, and successfully as our male counterparts. That reinforces the confidence piece, um, and then we'll start to see a shift in the numbers. So, and I
1: and I would add to that that Gina Davis has a, a theme in all of her work, and it's if if she can see it, she can do it. Mm-hmm. And, and I so think true. when you think about that, you know, the example of, of you and Sue Lang and Crystal Magalette and Gail Miller and a host of other women, the, they, they have a huge impact on what young girls think they can accomplish. When they see, you know, Gail Miller uh, coming from almost nothing uh, to one of the wealthiest people in Utah, and and see what she's accomplished they they are saying i can do that i, I can do that and i think that's where this um, male allyship really becomes important that we have to be there the males have to be there to support that and and to foster that and and really make sure that young girls and women as they uh, grow and develop have those opportunities to serve and grow and develop.
0: Absolutely. Leadership is leadership regardless if you're male or female. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And having a strong male role model or a strong female role model for for young people is what we want. We want these, these kiddos to get to adulthood with uh, a social and emotional uh, savviness yeah. and emotional intelligence, that they're curious, that they're problem solvers, that it's, I think, that. We, in Utah, we're number one in the country for um, young women who drop out after two years of college, which is a shame. There's so much unique talent here in, U- in Utah with work ethic, with our economy. Yeah. Like every, The stage is set. Yeah. And I think it really goes back. What's striking me as you're talking is, again, that role model, mm-hmm. seeing it. If I see that, and they say whether it's Scott Anderson or Suey Lang saying, "You can do this, Erin. You could absolutely do this." Mm-hmm. That lights a fire. That can light a fire in some junior at Kearns High School. Um, yeah. We had our we had our uh, a meet and greet at the Collaridge Village at the University of Utah with the mentees, and the mentors this summer, and this young woman and her mother drove up from Paoa, Utah. And the mother was all teary eyed, and she said to me, "I cannot tell you how grateful I am." she's never been on a college campus we needed this she had she this is all she's talking about now tonight is that she wants to get a college degree she wants to be at the university and we just met her mentor who is amazing Mm -hmm. and so these women who are scientists and lawyers and um, executive leaderships and philanthropists and and stay at home moms and lawyers that are just so strong I think that um, that's what we're hoping to do with women who succeed. That's what Kathy mm-hmm. and I are, are hoping um, comes out of it. That these young women can see it and they can grow out of it. Mm-hmm. Scott, what could you, would you say if you probably I, I could be making a big assumption here. I'm making a big <laughs> assumption, but let's say that you have some some strong male executives mm-hmm. and senior leadership on your team. If you were going to have a conversation just with them, a very casual conversation, what guidance or advice would you give to them? about um, broadening or deepening their perspective of how to mentor a woman, um, how to help her grow in leadership, how to open doors for her. Yep. What advice would you say to them? Well,
1: the advice that I have given them is is that they they absolutely need to realize that they are as responsible for the development of their women employees as they are for their male employees. And, and they can't say, well, I, I feel uncomfortable going out and having lunch with them, you, you know. Um, and and, and they, they just have to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, they just have to step up and, and do it. I mean, that's the, the simple answer. And they have to do it because uh, it's half of our population, women are, it, it's, it's uh, uh, half of the employee base at Science Bank. In fact, it's 51% of the employee base at zions are are women it's our future we need them and we need them not only in entry-level teller work but we need them as executive vice presidents and senior vice presidents and senior uh credit officers and and hr and marketing people you know and if if we don't step up as male employees Mm -hmm. and encourage and develop that talent we are really missing the boat
0: Yeah, you're you're missing out if you miss those perspectives. (laughs) I mean, Mm -hmm. and and Sui Ling, to to your role with Mm -hmm. DEI, uh, the diverse perspectives with age or gender or race or whatever, that when they come to the table, how does that strengthen an organization? Mm. You're speaking to
2: diversity of thought. Mm. Uh, That is invaluable in any organization, public, private sector. That is what contributes to creating a culture of inclusion where all employees can perform at their best. The ultimate goal with the DEI strategy at Science Bank is to, is high performance, right? We want to create that culture of inclusion, provide people with the resources they need, whether it be knowledge, uh, support, whatever, to perform at their best. And that is, diversity, equity, inclusion at its most advanced levels. And a lot of my role is driving and shifting culture. And so as Scott described, uh, there are a lot of biases, right, that can seep their way into an organization's culture, Mm -hmm. like the perception of impropriety. If I am seen in public with a female colleague for a lunch meeting, right, things like that. And me having done a lot of work in areas like Washington, D.C., that's not necessarily an issue there. But I have learned in areas of the country like Utah, it can still be a thing. Now, that is a social and cultural barrier to a woman leader's success. And back to a point that you guys both noted earlier, uh, just as a leader, as a professional, if I want to advance in my career, I want to learn from the best. Mm -hmm. It could be a woman. It could be a man. But recognize the reality that we still live in, Erin, which is why programs like Women Who Succeed are so important. Important. The overwhelming majority of leaders, presidents, CEOs of corporations, nonprofits uh, in government are still men. And so I want to learn from the best. Yeah. And oftentimes it's a male serving in that role. And so the more open he is to sharing that knowledge, to uh, investing in the next generation of women will start to see that high level of leadership, executive leadership, shift and so we need commitment from all sides and so male allies like Scott uh, will play a critical role in shifting that culture
1: and I would add to that that I I think it's important uh, for a a male as they coach and mentor a female that they have to recognize that in fact uh, she is a female you know, and and we we had the services of of a woman named Barbara Annis who, was uh, ran the Harvard Women's Center, mm-hmm. and she came out and and uh, helped uh, teach us how to uh, better communicate one to another. And she said she started out her career as a salesperson at Toyota, and and she became one of the top salespeople, and they recognized it, and they wanted to train her more. But they, she felt like they were training her as they would train a male employee. Mm-hmm. And, and they, they were missing what she brought to the table, which was different. Mm-hmm. And, and, and finally, she decided that, that they didn't really want a, a, a female salesperson. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they wanted a female who acted like, like a, a male. male. Yeah. You know, and, and I, I thought that was so insightful when she shared it, and we have to ensure as 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 Sue Lang said, that as we mentor, we are mentoring them to develop their own talents, and and we're and, and that we appreciate that they may think differently, they may respond differently, they may uh, look at a situation differently, and when we accept that and value that, mm-hmm. and then then when we get together um, at the board table and talk, you know, there's a variety of opinions, there's a, a diversity of experiences brought forth, and you make better decisions. But if, if you come with a diverse group, but you all have everyone think the same and speak the same, you'll lose that value. Yeah. And so it, it's dependent on me as a male that I try and develop that female employee to reach her top potential as a female.
0: Right. I happened Mm to opposite because I had a staff of 600 and 91% were female Mm. and I only had a handful of males and I could see when we would get sucked into a very similar think tank or the way I expected the the male um, leadership. And instead of, I was too immature then and (sighs) not able to understand really the beauty of diverse thought mm-hmm. and how that strengthens the organization and so I love what you're saying. Well, I think um, the last part that I'd love to talk with you a little bit, a little bit about is, is final thoughts that you could share with young women, um, not specifically we talked about kind of financial planning and their educational piece, but this, is, this podcast will go out probably to all of our middle schools and high schools across the state. It's um, our women that are in Women Who Succeed will hear this. And I'm hoping even a broader audience of our male allies. But as a message in departing to the young women that may be 16, 17, 18, 19, 20 years old, do you have any, um, Sui Lang, I'll start with you and and with Scott, if you could share maybe just a little words of wisdom of where you're at now in your career and what you, you hope for them. So I would...
2: Recognize, gender dynamics will always play a role in the workplace. Um, one very specific skill set that I would love to see more young women develop mm-hmm. is how to build trusting, meaningful, productive relationships and partnerships with their male colleagues. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes, women's mentorship programs—it's women and women, mm-hmm. it's women paired with other women. The speakers that they bring in to expose them to are women, which is all great. Uh, There's great value in being surrounded, again, with all these models of women. But if we could integrate the male allyship component into those programs, we would see greater success. And I'm already seeing a shift in the next generation. Mm -hmm. I have a daughter. We both have children around the same age who just started college, a freshman, 18-year-old. She is a young woman. And when I look at her inner social circle, it's half female. It's half male. Yes. And so they are less concerned about the gender thing. And so if we could, we as organizations who are a little bit more, you know, in the game, you know, generation, generation. In two years we'll celebrate 150 birthday uh, in business. Mm -hmm. If we can adapt to those ways and shift our organizational culture to be more welcoming to that type of engagement, I think we'll see
0: success. Love that. More inclusive. Mm-hmm. My sons all hang out with young women. Yeah. It's very different than when Smart I man. when I was young <laughs> at that age. The <laughs> girls were well. over at this yeah. side, the guys were over there. So, that was so well said. I appreciate that mm-hmm. very much. Yeah. Scott, any final words of well, wisdom? I, well, I would out just
1: there? say not to sell yourself short and, again and recognize the value that you bring and have the confidence to speak up. And to share your views because they do matter and they will help to make better decisions when they're heard. And and to reach out, as Su Lang said, both to female role models as well as to male role mm-hmm. models and learn the best from the best. Uh, you know, and I, I think how lucky we are as a community to have your organization there, to have you and and Kathy reaching out, you know, to help these young girls in in junior high and high school recognize their potential but recognize how much we need them and i think it's interesting as you go back in our history you know utah was a leader in women's suffrage Mm -hmm. utah uh, was the first state to allow women to vote utah had the first woman to vote in a national election 150 years ago you know, and and they have been a, a force in in taming the the um, wilderness, in building this city, and building this state. And we need to continue to have them do that. We need them to do that. And whether that be in the workforce, or whether that be in the nonprofit world, whether that be in school, whatever it is, we need them there. No
0: words. I have goosebumps. Great. <laughs> that was incredible. Thank you both so thank you very, very our much. Pleasure. This I I could have talked, listened to you for twenty four hours. <laughs> I could have sat here and just asked open ended questions and listened. And and I would just like to say um, how grateful we are for for um, Sui Ling and Scott Anderson for being here today. And um, our community is very blessed and lucky to have you. Um, the bank as well, certainly with your leadership, but you're far beyond leaders in the business world. You're leaders in our community, and I'm so grateful you're here. Oh, thank you. So thanks for being here today. Thank you. Thank, you. thank you. so much, Aaron, for your leadership. Sure, all right, thank you so much, and we'll see you next time.
2: Thank you for taking time to hear her. Join our efforts and learn more at womenwhosucceed.org. A big thank you to our sponsor, the Clark and Christine Ivory Foundation.